Hello, everyone. Welcome to Green Knight, Episode 2. I ended last time by saying that I would begin with some poetry, but I'm going to put that off to the second part because I think it needs some context with a few quotes from Buckminster Fuller. For those of you who don't know who Buckminster Fuller is, he was an American architect, a systems theorist, a designer, an inventor, and futurist. Fuller published more than 30 books, coining and popularizing phrases such as spaceship earth, dimaxian, perspective, ephemeralization, synergetic, and tensegrity. He developed numerous inventions, mainly architectural designs, and popularized a widely known, the widely known geodesic dome. Carbon molecules known as fullerenes were named after Buckminster Fuller by scientists because of their resemblance to geodesic spheres. He was a true badass, and he died in 1983 at the age of 88. I want to read a few quotes of his and discuss them um, because they're related to the objective of this podcast. As I said before, he was about solutions, and he had an optimistic viewpoint for sure. I think it was in the 70s that he said something like, it's completely possible for all of us to have a good life, and there are other resources available for it. All we have to do is make the proper decisions. A lot of people think because of the stories we've been told that there really isn't enough for everyone to have a good life and that some of us have to get fucked in order that others not be so. That isn't the case. I agree with Bucky and I want to take up his mantle. To use technology in a way that allows us to enjoy the earth and lead creative, fulfilling lives, all of us. One of his quotes was the following. Make the world for 100% of humanity in the shortest possible time through spontaneous cooperation without ecological offense or the disadvantage of anyone. Unquote. There's no reason why we shouldn't attempt this. In order for this to happen, as I said in the last podcast, wealthy people don't have to give up their stuff. They don't have to give up their money. We just need to develop a system that allows everyone to participate and to benefit from the value that we have generated as human beings through our technology over time. We have the technology to do that now. Perhaps in the past we didn't, but now we do. During the Industrial Revolution, the working class really thought that it was this, that the Industrial Revolution was their ticket out of the shit. As it turns out, it just put them right back in it even more. The Industrial Revolution that is, the introduction of new technology that automated production was somehow going to free people from their life of toil and discomfort. Now we are in what is called the information revolution, and there is a new opportunity for what the working class thought was going to happen before, to happen now. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast, to recognize that opportunity. It really requires a new set of eyes for all of us so that we can actually see it as an opportunity instead of just going along with what we are told, which is about scarcity, overpopulation, and the need for human beings to be controlled. The way we see the world colors how we hear new information and makes us open or closed to it. I would remind you all to keep your mind open for this. I know there are others out there who see the world like I do, and I also hope that they will have an opportunity to hear this so that we can team up. Again, those of you who have a certain set of 
polarized glasses, whether you're on the so-called left or the right, liberal or conservative, I ask you to remove those glasses while you listen. Because there is a way we can create a positive outcome for everyone. Here's another quote from Buck, Bucky. You can never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. There is all this talk, you know, of uh, like taxing the rich and redistribution of wealth and universal basic income. That kind of stuff, that kind of thinking is not where we need to go. It won't lead us to the proper place because that kind of thinking is just fighting against the existing reality. And when you fight against the existing system, you validate that system and actually you strengthen it. It won't change anything. It won't change the structure of what we currently have, and we will continue to have suffering on a multitude of levels. There is a way that we can build a new model, and we can fund it ourselves. We don't need the super wealthy's money to do it, and we can just start doing it, and they can continue to try to sell their shit to us, but we won't have to take anything from them. It will change the flow of information and the source, sources of value, change the value nodes in our society. On that note, I would like to read you a poem that I wrote some time ago that refers to our being on the threshold of a new beginning and how we can choose to step over or we can allow ourselves to be yoked and restrained. That is not an outcome I am willing to accept. And neither should any of you. So here's the poem. It's called Territory. General semantics is not the antics of those learned that leave out that reality is only just interpreted. You cannot use the word is except to decry absolute knowledge. To have sensed the material adds heft to the corporeal, meaning to the portrayal, and yet perception intercedes, and the structure of belief impedes. As a member of a class, clan, or creed, what you think you know is not necessarily what there is to see. Silence the mind and the eyes will grow. Perception is a cage. Observation is the key. The map is not the territory. The word is not the thing. All description is but a story. The truth is found in conscious observing. Life is a labyrinth, but who provides the cartography when the accumulation of events alters perception of reality? As a group, we tend to agree, but only as a matter of efficiency. Until the new gains a foothold, peripheral actors outside the curve notice a discrepancy. To speak up, the individual must be bold. It is risky to forego the group dependency. It takes courage to point out that the map is old. This is then how we achieve higher resolution. With each effort, the map is more detailed. Brave individuals provide the iteration and the group the absolution. But... The map is not the territory. The word is not the thing. All description is but a story. Truth resides only in experiencing. Science says we can know everything, like a jet approaching the speed of sound. Innovation, the waves stack up with each round. But when you drop a rock, does it ever really reach the ground? Zeno's paradox, as we approach the barrier, within the realms of thought, we hover like a harrier. The opposition cannot be fought. On the other side, a new dimension. Together, a new narrative. The surface shimmers under tension. The membrane is thin. We hold hands, and together, 
walk in. A whole new world to chart that if alone we can never be apart. The map is not the territory. The word is not the thing. All description is but a story. Find truth in experiencing. So now I will begin uh, the introduction to the Marshall McLuhan content. As I said before, he was one of my heroes. McLuhan was a Canadian philosopher. His work is one of the cornerstones of the study of media theory. McLuhan coined the expression, the medium is the message, and the term global village, and predicted the World Wide Web, the World Wide Web almost 30 years before it was invented. He was a fixture in media discourse in the late 1960s, though his influence began to wane in the 70s. In the years after his death, he continued to be a controversial figure in academic circles. With the arrival of the internet, interest was renewed in his work and his perspective. So that is directly from Wikipedia. And uh, some of you may know that Wikipedia tries to flavor shit in a way that diminishes or enhances based on what, a, based on a certain narrative. As I said before, right, we are being told stories and narratives are being built around certain things in order to create a viewpoint consensus. But we must question everything. And when I see on Wikipedia that there was renewed interest in this perspective, to me that says that they're just calling it an opinion, which is an attempt to diminish it. His uh, so-called opinion approaches the truth, and so it's more than just a perspective, right? We really have to look at what McLuhan was saying so that we can understand and also see better. If we can see better, it'll allow us to take the opportunity that we have at this point to create a positive outcome. There is a lot of people <clears throat> there is a lot of people talking about how to feel okay in this world and there's a lot of self-help, you know, to create a reality for yourself that is more abundant. Abundance, which is a buzzword these days. I wonder if all of this talk about making yourself better if it's really possible if we don't also make our society better. Just having the resources to buy stuff and to live in comfort may not be enough for all of us, for each of us, for any of us. It may not be that if we can all, as some of these influential thinkers out there saying, if we can just make our own bed and get our own life together, that somehow when we look again, the world will be better after that. I think that we have to work on both things. We have to work on ourselves and the world, and perhaps it's that is just one thing, maybe. Because, like I said before, like if we allow the system to continue, it, it's not going to be good. We're not going to be able to feel good about it. There are... A lot of wealthy people out there who are, you know, just as unfulfilled as any of us. And so we know that just having money isn't enough. I want to make this connection about individual and collective well-being. Is it possible for all of us to be okay under the umbrella of our current system, the current structure of our society? And 
I don't think so unless you have a certain way of looking at things which I think is uh, selfish or wrong. You know, if it's okay for me, then, you know, fuck everyone else, right? And uh, I don't, that's not going to work. I say this as an introduction to McLuhan because as we get into it, what he wrote about was the effects of our technology on our perceptions and our senses. So this is really getting at like um, the big causes of the changes in our society. If we can understand how the introduction of radically new technology, how that changes the scope of human interaction, changes the social and economic environment in which we exist, we may be able to focus our attention on areas that will actually make a difference towards a positive change, as, as opposed to working on so-called solutions that are not ultimately effective. This podcast, these presentations, acknowledge the thinking of McLuhan as perhaps the best avenue towards understanding cause. It is my view that if we can spread this understanding of true cause and effect, then we can address real solutions that would bring about lasting positive change. There's only one book of his that is absolutely necessary to read, in my view, and that book is Understanding Media, The Extensions of Man by McLuhan. Some of you may know about uh, Marshall McLuhan, his way of thinking has kind of emanated out into our culture in ways that allow us to understand that radical innovation changes everything. But I'm not sure we can we really understand the depth of that um, those the aspect of technology and its effect on our society. Although he was a student of media, <laughs> His definition of media is actually all the technology that human beings make. So when he says media, and uh, when uh, you're reading the book, and you look at the title, what he's talking about is everything that we make, all technology, and especially the radical innovations. So understanding how radical new inventions alter the landscape of civilization uh, they draw a clear line in history with a before and after. By looking at that, we can get a handle on cause and effect in society. And if uh, we can look at those things, perhaps that is where we need to focus our attention as opposed to these other kind of technologies that emanate much later down the road from the innovation aspect if you can follow my meaning. Like, let's go all the way down to the root and let's look at what's happening there. All right. As we begin to discuss um, this, the Marshall McLuhan content, uh, his the phrase that really made him famous was, the medium is the message. Uh, these days we consider media to be just the news or news outlets or cable channels you know or periodicals and you know all the stuff that carries content that carries information that we can um, consume but it is the content of these sources that we all focus on 
McLuhan's statement that the medium is the message says that the content is irrelevant and it is the actual medium that delivers the message. This can be hard to grasp at first. By saying that all of our technology is media or a medium, we have to look at certain inventions, human inventions from the past. How is it that the medium is the message or that the technology is the message? So in order to understand this, we'll take a look at an example. We have to comprehend that technology uh, is an extension of our bodies. All of our technology is an extension of some feature or function of our bodies or our senses. A good example to understand this is, and one that can be easily grasped as an extension of our bodies, is the invention or the radical innovation of the wheel. The wheel is an extension of our original vehicle, which is our bodies, but more specifically our feet. Because as upright bipedal creatures, we transport ourselves and our gear around with our feet. Originally, that's what we did. The wheel is an extension of the foot. That should be easily understandable. Now, with the technology of the wheel being thought of as a medium, then what was the message of this particular medium? If everyone was on foot and dragging their stuff around on sledges and then suddenly the wheel and the axle allows for a much more efficient transportation, then we can see how the message is about speed. Right, so the wheel is about transportation and it, it improves the efficiency of the footmobile, so to speak. And that improved efficiency shows itself in the form of speed. The wheel accelerated all levels of human organization. The factor of speed altered the scope and the scale of all, all human interactions henceforth. So suddenly, the range of groups was radically increased, and this would cause a much higher level of interaction between neighboring populations. Interaction between neighboring populations. So it's easy to see how the wheel is an extension of the foot, an increase in efficiency of transportation. But it, is it easy to see the message? And I would venture no. I mean, take a minute to think about it. What is the message of this medium? What is the message of the wheel? And it wasn't easy for those experiencing it firsthand in real time either. They would have not realized they would have been operating with their slower speed mindset, their footmobile mindset, when they were suddenly much faster and much more able to carry a lot more stuff around. The message of any medium or technology is of the scale, increase, and scope of human interaction and the surprise that that increase in scale had on those operating at the time. What we see here is basically radical innovation changes things overnight and our human sensibilities lag behind only to catch up after the destruction of the old structure. So consider this for a moment. The extension of our foot is the wheel and that increased the scale and the range of, our, of human groups. But people were not able to foresee the implications of that. 
what McLuhan is referring to in his writings is the delayed reaction that humans have to technological innovation. The, the way that technological innovation changes um, everything and the sources of value uh, restructures the whole structure of society because now suddenly um, there are new sources of value based on the new technology. And so what he's talking about is that while that is happening, people are still looking at everything with their old viewpoint. Uh, humans have a delayed reaction to technological innovation. If we can foresee the effects, then we don't have to suffer from learning the hard way. That is basically what McLuhan is saying. It's what he's talking about. I think up until this point, it was nearly impossible for us to actually foresee the effects of innovation. But now we have arrived at the ultimate level, the level of technology that would bring us back together in a collective tribal configuration at the world scale. With understanding, we can actually create a system that functions under those circumstances without having to... Uh, learn the hard way and then try to uh, adapt. I mean, learn the hard way and then have those who are insulated from that hard, those hard realities, those who can insulate themselves from those hard realities, then uh, emerging from the ashes to reestablish the old system of control under the new technology. All right, this is what I'm talking about. This is the most important thing. This is why we need to understand what happens. And if there's a difference between me and McLuhan, it's that. It's basically that there is this like uh, dark shadow that can watch everything happening and uh, not be uh, killed by it. And then come in after the dust has settled and reestablish the old top-down system of control with the new technology. And this is what we're looking at right now. In order for us to make the proper decisions, we have to understand our history and the history of the radical innovation and the changes brought about by it so we can make an informed decision as a collective. Let's look at understanding media, the extensions of man by Marshall McLuhan. You know, I see that I have that written in my notes here, but uh, I may not have time to get to it on this episode. Um, we're going to get into the book later, but I, I still have a few more things I want to say <clears throat> as an introduction to McLuhan to kind of uh, prepare your palate because it's, uh, it's not really easy to wrap your head around. And it was a big time um, back in the late 60s and the 70s. And uh, in order to really understand it, we got to go back to that time. You know, this is when he was writing. And uh, that's when that book was uh, published in like 63. And it's uh, prophetic. It's fantastic. But um, I think... Because of storytelling, a lot of us uh, have, don't look at it in this way and haven't for a long time, or maybe we never did, especially the newer generations. 
I know my father, who was, he was of the hippie generation. I know he didn't read this, and he didn't know about this stuff, and but he was affected by it big time. The way that society changed in the late 60s was uh, all of these things that McLuhan is talking about. So I will put a link on my website for the book at Amazon, but I imagine there are multiple ways that uh, you guys could find it on the internet. It's not necessary that you read it. I would highly recommend it, but I'm going to try to go over it here um, if you don't want to read it. But I think you should. Everyone should read more. Um, you can also get the robot to read it for you if you have a PDF. Um, I actually found the Alan Watts voice still sounds almost like a robot, but it works pretty good. Um, it's definitely listenable, and because I resisted that for a long time, having the software read PDFs or books to you, but it kind of works. And there was another book uh, that McLuhan had published with a graphic designer in like '67, uh, and it's called "The Medium Is the Massage: An Inventory of Effects," and basically use images and words to convey all of the uh, effects that he refers to in his books. It's a graphic representation of all the thinking that he put into all of his works. To read from the jacket of The Medium is the Massage, it is a popular classic, a kaleidoscope journey through the Marshall McLuhan looking glass. McLuhan's prophetic Perceptions on life in the age of electronic information were often perplexing. Decades later, now his observations are disturbingly clear and remarkably accurate. The medium is the massage presents some of the most amazing insights and cognitive observations on the global village, the rearview mirror, the invisible environment, the end of nature and sensory impacts set against everyday imagery of mass media, consumer goods, the press, advertising, and the arts. I'll read a few quotes from the book just to get us all started, but you should also probably pick one up because, as I said, it gives you a quick slap in the face with all of his revelations. So, quote number one, the major advances in civilization are processes that all but wreck the societies in which they occur. As I was referring to in the last episode with regards to knowledge, um, I say that our awareness of the world is really only an approximation. Here is a quote that illustrates that idea, but in a little bit of a different way. The study of ideas, in the study of ideas, it is necessary to remember that insistence on hard-headed clarity Issues from sentimental feeling, as it were, a mist, cloaking the perplexities of fact. Insistence on clarity at all cost is based on sheer superstition as to the mode in which human intelligence functions. Our reasoning grasps at straws for premises and floats on gossamers for deductions. All media work us over completely. Keep in mind that McLuhan refers to media um, and he's talking about technology and innovation, not just print and TV and the such. All media work us over completely. 
They are so pervasive in their personal, political, economic, aesthetic, psychological, moral, ethical, and social consequences that they leave no part of us untouched. All media work us over completely. They are so pervasive in their personal, political, economic, aesthetic, psychological, moral, ethical, and social consequences that they leave no part of us untouched, unaffected, unaltered. The medium is the message. Any understanding of social and cultural change is impossible without knowledge of the way media work as environments. All media are extensions of some human faculty, psychic or physical. The wheel is an extension of the foot. The book is an extension of the eye. Clothing, an extension of the skin. You start to get the idea, right? A major objective, again, of this podcast is to under, understand the effect of radical innovation, of the radical innovation of the internet, which is basically the innovation of the computer. So if you were to ask yourself, based on the previous invention, such as the wheel and the book, what would the internet be extending? What faculty of our bodies is the internet extending? Well, the answer to that is our central nervous system. So what is the message of the medium of the internet? This is what we will be discussing because, because the message is that we are all connected. We are one. This is where the phrase global village comes from. The internet and computers are the penultimate innovation that return us to a tribal configuration. There is an effort currently that is attempting to keep us fractured while the internet still is delivering its message. This is the delayed awareness. The using of the industrial revolution mindset acting on a new social configuration created by a new technology, a new message. If we allow that delayed understanding of the effects, this fracturing to take place and to continue, then we will not be able to make the transition to the next phase of human development. We will be stuck in this neither world of perplexing division and social dis-ease. A lot of people try to say that McLuhan was anti-technology. I think that's a misunderstanding. What McLuhan was against was not being aware of the effect that technology has on people and society while the effect is taking place. The delay, the lack of awareness or numbness to the effects of technology is what leads to the problems. So that's why his ideas are so important and maybe the most important at this point. Because if we can understand the true effects in real time, right now, because it's still happening, right? The internet is still, it's not too late is what I'm saying. We can still use the internet in a way that will allow us to take this opportunity. We can use this ultimate technology, this technology that links us together. It links us together in a way that allows us to move forward in harmony with each other as one global tribe and in harmony with the earth. I think I will leave it here for now. So thank you for listening and much love to all of you. Stay tuned for next time. We're going to get into understanding media, the extensions of man. Green Knight out.